old mates from high school meet up and talk about rugby league. My name is Adam, and I know very little about football, so I'm joined, like always, with my panel of armchair experts. Smokes. Hey, mate. Good to be back. Looking forward to another yarn. And the principal. Hello. How are you going? Uh, Phantom is living up to his name and won't be joining us today. Yeah, he's, he's disappeared. Well, he, he, made us, he made us change nights, and then he couldn't even make yeah. it, so <laughs> anyway. So, experts, let's crack our beers and uh, get Cheers, into it. Uh, I want to say last last week uh, had some unexpected results, a few close games. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I think just looking at the tips, um, it was it's it's quite funny. Last week we were talking about how very predictable the competition is coming, and all of a sudden um, we, we we get a couple of um, upsets, and even the games where the favourites won, they a couple of them were pushed to their limits. So. Yeah, I thought it was a, a few surprises there anyway. Yeah, it was an interesting weekend, but it makes it it makes it much better to watch when it's a bit closer. So it was actually it was it was a much better weekend to watch footy this weekend, I thought, rather than with the exception of Thursday with the exception of Thursday night, of course. Uh so you know it's a crazy round when uh the Phantom gets well in the oh, tips. Nice. Uh, he did what fa- you say, six out of eight. He did well oh, shit. and he does some crazy Thank tips. Christ he's not here tonight. <laughs> Because we would hear, because because he's banging on last week as well about how like oh every now and then then you have one of those rounds when you get all the upsets and you just go yeah I nailed it it's like oh just stay away mate just stay away so it's a bit of a blessing in disguise I think uh, all right um, let, let's talk about the games in a little bit more detail uh, Smokes you want to talk about the Rabbitohs versus Broncos oh I really team? don't want to talk about it but look yeah, I, I guess look um, the Rabbitohs they they were very very dominant early. Uh, got out to a 10-0 lead very quickly. Um, the Broncos then actually started to, to provide a little bit of line speed, scored a try, got back into the game. But here's the disappointing thing. And as a Broncos fan, it disappoints me that this is how I felt. Five minutes to go until halftime, we're in the fight. I just said to myself, I'm so certain that we are going to concede a try before halftime and let all this hard work go undone. Sure enough, they did. Adam Reynolds then kicks the first ever two-point field goal in the uh, in the new NRL 40-metre field goal rule. Um, and then, yeah, we just never looked like coming back into the game. So just once again illustrated what I said last week, the Broncos have become a soft football team. Yeah, it was funny that that two-point field goal was interesting, wasn't it? So I'm pretty sure in, the, the, in one of our past episodes, we actually said it'll never happen. No one's ever going to do it. And then it came... And, and natu- naturally, it would be us to concede the first one too, wouldn't it? Um, I, I guess what's what was disappointing with that too, we, we conceded the try. That set, there was 45 seconds to go when I think we did the kickoff, and we just let the march set 60 metres upfield, and there was no urgency to try and stop him from kicking the field goal. Okay. Uh, Principal, Warriors versus Seagulls. Well, this was a game I was worried about. would ruin my Raiders game for the, the game afterwards, going into extra time. So I was glad uh, <laughs> Cherry Evans kicked the field goal and put everyone out of their misery for the game. But you know, at least it was close. It was one point. It was sort of like entertaining to watch at the end of the, the game. So, and, and you know what? I think I read somewhere that Cherry Evans has kicked something like 22 match-winning field goals in his career. He is a real clutch player. And to be fair, any time I see a game where it's 18-all, 16-all that he's involved in, and he gets it within field goal range, he nails them. It's very rare that he misses. He is, he is great in those situations. So good on him. It was a good effort by Manly. Right. Uh, Principal, Panthers versus Raiders. Well, this game was interesting. It was... Um, it actually... The Raiders actually played really well in the first 
sort of 20, 25 minutes and then their fullback got injured and then they couldn't match intensity and they couldn't match the... That they couldn't match their first twenty minutes of defense for the rest of the game. It was you know the Pen- Penrith are just so fast. It was it was so impressive actually watching them play. They the speed of that game was just intense. So it was actually a good game to watch. I wasn't enjoying the game, but it was it was good to watch uh, Penrith go through the the motions and they they really put Raiders to the sword in the end. It just Raiders couldn't keep up with them. So yeah, unfortunately, but Raiders learned some lessons from that as well. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah. There was a point where Rapana was on his on his hands and feet. He just absolutely couldn't go on anymore. He had to move into fullback. But the game is so fast. He just he was done by sort of ten minutes to go. He's, he couldn't could barely move. So that was interesting. Yeah, and look with that with the game too. I mean, like in the early stages, Penrith were pretty well on top. But Canberra weathered it. They then got the first try. I think it was Whiten who scored. And then not too long after that. They had a try awarded to Croker, but then upon video replay, when they were lining up the conversion, they realised that he'd actually knocked it on. So, And I think it was only a minute or two later that Penrith then levelled the game up. So it's gone from being 12-0 to 6-all. And then the momentum completely switched to Penrith. And as you said, that the speed they played from that point, um, yeah, Canberra couldn't keep up with them from that, from that stage. But it would have been very interesting if that try had stood and it remained 12-0. Um, it could have been a very different game. Yeah, I just I think with the changes that they the Raiders had to make once Chan's um, nickel clock said went went off, it, you know you Whitehead was defending at centre and you got Penrith that were just fast anyway. It just it was really tough for them, but I think it's a good time to to have this loss now and like you know I think I don't think they play Penrith again until possibly in the finals if they. They play each other then, so... You're better off having the loss in, in April than in October. So, um, yeah, yeah. Nickel Clodstad, because I actually missed that, that section of the game where he got injured. Um, was it foul play? It was. was it That's, a, yeah, so... Um, is, is that a deficiency in the 18th man rule? Because, because the player wasn't sin-binned or sent off, you couldn't bring the 18th man into the game. That's, I mean, that's what I think we've got it down to speak about it later on as well. So mm. that that's definitely something I think may need to be looked at. But then mm. I'm sort of I'm I'm sort of in two minds with this rule because if we we start doing this for oh you know it's it's just a on a reportable offence, it starts opening it up to more sort of you know pit coaches yeah. trying to to rot that sort of rule. So yeah. but yeah, it was yeah. interesting. We could have definitely used that that extra man and. It would have fixed a few problems, but yeah. And George Williams probably had his worst game as well for the Raiders. So that was a big. He's a big part of their direction. All right, uh, Principal Titans versus Knights. Oh, I lost beer. I lost beers because of this game. <laughs> yeah, Titans. They're just too good. They Knights are struggling. They got too, they lost so many players that they're they're really struggling at the moment. And Titans are on fire. And Fafita, what did he score? Three tries. Oh, and yeah, three tries just, and like two hundred and something meters. And, yeah, you know all all the stuff that he should be doing for the Broncos, but you know because of our ineptness and inability to retain the players that we should retain. All right, uh, Bulldogs versus Storms. Uh, Smokes, you want to take this uh, one? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess with this, I mean, look, I did not watch one second of it, so I can't really comment on the game. But look, I think the score was forty-two to sixteen or something like that. Um, look, Melbourne were always going to win that game. I mean, they're too strong for the Dogs. I guess at least from a Bulldogs fan's perspective, they scored points for the first time in about three and a half games. 
Uh, they obviously went three weeks without scoring. Yep. All right. Uh, Roosters versus Sharks. Yeah, look, um, I, I caught um, a fair bit of this game. And for a little while, we were a bit nervous that we were actually going to lose our bet to the principal because um, he put the four beers on the line for 13 plus And at 18-4 with 20 minutes to go, and there was one point where I think the Sharks were on the attack and nearly extended that lead. But um, I guess from there, the, the story was uh, Sam Walker. You know, Benny Walker's young kid, 18-year-old, playing his second game. And he quite literally dragged them out of the fire and got them home. He, he, he had a eight or nine minutes of just brilliance where he um, set up a couple of tries with beautiful cutout balls to each each of his wingers and um, scored one himself. Um, amazing effort from a, a guy playing his second game. And he's only 18, so very impressive. Um, he's done well. Um, so good effort yeah. by the Roosters to get home. Certainly one to What watch. I would say, though, um, the first half he struggled. The Sharks had a game plan to target him defensively, and it did work. Um, for periods of time. It will be very interesting to see if Tre- Trent Robinson, the Roosters coach, has noticed that and tries to create a bit of extra protection because they're up against the storm this week. And if there is a coach and a team who knows how to exploit a weakness, it is them. It is Craig Bellamy and the storm. So he exceptional effort to get them home, but there were some weaknesses in his game that I feel as though Craig Bellamy might try and exploit this week. Yeah, it was interesting with those long long passes too. I think he's oh, not going to get away reckless. with those every week. They were fantastic. Yeah, but, I, you know, there's going to be a, you know, teams are going to be set up ready for those those passes. He's not going to be able to get away the, with that the, all the time. The, so. the, the better team is going to make it much harder for him, but very encouraging effort um, in his first two games. So he's done well. Uh, okay, West Tigers versus Cowboys. Principals, you want to take that one? Yeah, far out. This is um, two struggling teams, but Cowboys ended up somehow looking pretty good out of it. They um, they actually played... Phantom tipped them and he knew. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, you, and you know what? I actually did tip them, but right at the last second, I said, no, no, give me the Tigers. I can't trust the Cowboys. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's it's a game that Tigers... There's no way they should have... It shouldn't have been that score at half time anyway. They just they had no well, intent and they just their, their fans they, boot them off the field. Yeah, yeah, it's just shocking. And the you know I don't think Cowboys are going to go on a winning streak now, but yeah, yeah. took took a, took a bit of pressure off the coach and and some of the players. So you know, and look, they got their win. So I think there's only one team without a win now, and that's the Bulldogs. So all right, and our last game, uh, Eels versus Dragons. We all tipped the Eels, yep. and, and Dragons this was won. another one right and where I said, oh, I'll tip the Eels, but, geez, I like the look of the Dragons at the moment, and I should have gone with my gut because um, I'll tell you what, at the moment, they're probably my favourite team to watch because they're just playing like they're having fun. They look so... They're fun to watch when they've got the football in hand. I mean, they blew Parramatta off the park in the first half. I mean, it was 18-0, and they probably could have been up by more. Um, Dufty's playing great football. What Anthony Griffin has done is he's, he's... He's brought guys together that he has coached for a long time. I mean, some of the main players in his setup now, you've got uh, Andrew McCulloch, you've got Corey Norman. I know Ben Hunt's injured at the moment, but he's normally in, in, in that lineup as well. Tarek Sims. These guys are all guys that were in his under-20s Broncos side that he got to, the, to, a, to a grand final. And he also coaches, coached most of them in the Broncos' first grade lineup as well. They've now added Josh McGuire. Yeah, they've probably overtaken Sharks, you know, for that last spot that... We were talking about, you know, Sharks in that, that top eight from last year. So, But, yeah, I, I agree with you that they're, they're probably my favourite team to watch at the moment too, apart from the Raiders. So just entertaining and, mm. you know, they're, just, they're winning and yeah. 
They weren't expected well, he, to. So he, he's, good. he's got Dufty playing such good... Because Dufty was always an exciting player, but he's rocks and diamonds. But at the moment, it's pretty much all diamonds from him. Um, he's, yeah. he, set up a, he set up a couple of great tries. He scored, um, he scored two. One was the penalty try, which, in my opinion, was not a penalty try. It should have been a sin bin. But anyway, that's something we can discuss... Whenever, but um, but he's he's playing great football. Um, he's got Andrew McCulloch looking like he he was ten years ago at the Broncos. He's just giving them the direction they need. He's they're playing great footy, so well done to them. Isn't it funny though that the Broncos have let were happy to let Andrew McCulloch go, and, and you know is it Jake Turpin? Is that the, the uh, number Jake nine? Turpin's, yeah, and look, Jake's Jake's got some. Jake's definitely got some ability and and. He's a really good defender and, and he's a young fella. But yeah, I, look, I've always been a massive Andrew McCulloch fan. A lot of Broncos fans went off him over the last couple of years, but I've always been a massive fan because any time he has not been in our side since he has been a regular first grader, our defence goes to Yeah. Um, and, sure enough, the worst defensive efforts in Broncos history has been the last 18 months when Andrew McCulloch has not been there. Uh, so Smokes and Phantom, you're both on 24 out of mm, 40, which is mm, I know not great <laughs> for my armchair expert. It's uh, yeah, that round did not do me well. <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, Phantom did really well because you know crazy round of football. Um, and then uh, Principal, you're on a respectable 28 out of 40. So yeah, I guess you had a pretty shocking round this round, but uh, overall you've done pretty well. And then I again. Tipping what the bookies tell me, and they got five out of eight. So, yeah, which goes again, to show there was some there was some upsets, and, and even um, well, as even that that Sharks game, which the the favourites won the Roosters, but the Sharks for most of that game they looked like they were going to get home. So, very unpredictable round. All right, uh, let's move on to some news headlines. Uh, the first one I've got here is uh, Craig Fitzgibbons agrees to coach Cronulla in twenty twenty two. Yeah, well that that sort of that got officially announced today. I believe he signed a three year deal. Um, look, it, it was no secret that you know Craig Fitzgibbon has been on the radar for a while for a few different teams, um, and the Sharks have snapped him up. Um, Sean Johnson came out and was very, very strong and vocal in his support of the current coach, um, John Morris. Um, he basically said that he doesn't believe he's been given the support that he needed from the higher-ups at the club, um, and he always felt like he was just a stopgap until they found someone that they actually wanted. Uh, I'm not saying that that's wrong by the Sharks. It's just, um, I think that's sort of always how it was. Yeah, I find it um, interesting that they're replacing Morris with an, an unpro- unproven coach. So it's yeah, sort of, that's true. to me, it's a, I know that he's in the rooster system and blah, blah, blah. Everyone talks about that. But like, you know, he's still unproven. You know, what is, sh- is, that, is he going to make a difference to the Sharks? Is he going to get them to top four? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I think it's interesting that they, whether they want to keep Morris or not, you know, it's what happens. But surely there's, I mean, there's probably, I don't know what other coaches are around that they could have picked probably, but I, I find it interesting. I, I find it a very like-for-like situation. And is he going to get players there? I don't, I don't know if he's going to get huge it's players there. It's a good there. point you make too about... Um about picking um, a guy who's untested um, because he came through a successful system. Um, Stephen Carney came through a very successful system at Melbourne. 
and he hasn't done anything as a first grade coach. There's uh, Trent Barrett has come through successful systems and he's yet to prove himself as a first grade coach. He hasn't really achieved anything when he's had his chance. So it doesn't always work. Sometimes guys are just good assistant coaches and that's as good as they'll be. So time will tell with Fitzgibbon, but um, he gets his chance. And look, I guess the one thing with the Sharks, even though I don't necessarily rate them that highly as, as a football team, they do something that I really wish the Broncos would do. They play tough. Yeah, Like, you look at the game they played against you blokes the other week. Now, you guys are clearly a better team than them. But they went within, you know, a bull's roar of, of beating you guys. But, yeah, I find it I find it interesting that they're, you know, someone like Paul Green didn't get spoken about more. I know he's the Queensland coach, yeah. but, you know, an ex-Sharks player. I don't know, just he's a good coach. That's true. He's, um yeah, he made a grand final with the Sharks. I thought it was weird that I didn't hear anything about that the whole time. And Anyway, time will yeah. tell, but I just... I feel like it's, yeah, sort of a weird move. But... All right. Uh, it seems like an ongoing uh, topic we talk about every week, but this 18th man... Yeah, I think it was... Um, this was the first one where there was, you could have got an 18th man for a for foul play, where it was a sin bin or a send-off. We saw a couple of times in the games there was some foul play where it just ended up being a... You know, just a penalty and on report, and the, both couple of teams lost some players. But, you know, that 18th man was still sitting on the bench, so... I wonder if it, there'll be further refinement where something like that, you know, foul play on report potentially will then end up being, and the player can't come back, especially with concussions. It's not hard to knock someone out and they're gone for mm. the game. Um, maybe that that's got to be looked at in the future. I don't know if I, how, if it'll be sort of, you know, that rule may be abused by the coaches and, you know, played up a little bit, but, you know, sort of, you know, for the Raiders that, that changed the game. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I, I guess if they're going to have this sin bin send off um, rule applied for for a, for a team to to swap the player, is are all of a sudden the referee is going to feel pressured to oh someone's been knocked out here they're clearly going to go off a concussion oh should I put this player in the bin so that that team isn't disadvantaged for the rest of the game? It's a tough one. Like is that going to influence? Because for me personally, I don't like the idea of players being sin binned for high tackles. I think if a high tackle is bad enough then you get sent off. If it's not bad enough for a send-off, you stay on the field and you get put on report. I've never been a fan of sin bin for high tackles. It's pro- I'm just just thinking about it more. It's probably not even a bad thing. Is it a bad thing that players get sent, they can't come back for a HIA? They, you get another player on the field. You only get one anyway. You've got to pick mm. that player before the game. You can't decide whether it's going to be a halfback. Yeah, it's not like you guys picked a fullback as your 18th man. So if a fullback gets injured, like you're probably just replacing yeah. it with a forward. You know, maybe it is just, you know, any sort of foul play on report, so there's no pressure on the ref. You get another player, who cares, move on, and then the game will be better for it, maybe. Who knows? It's going to be discussed the more it happens, so... All right. Uh, why do we hate Penrith? Principal, is it because they beat you last round? Oh, God. This, this, was, this was obviously Principal. <laughs> yep, it was me. Um, I want to know, does everyone think Penrith are the new Manly, the new Sharks, the, the team that people are actually starting to not like? So for me personally, it goes back to last year with Ivan Cleary when he was telling off the fan because he's copping a bit of shit from him. But, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so that, that, you know, the way he acted, I thought, you're a coach, you're getting paid so much money, just deal with the, the just cop it and then move on. If a footy player did that, what would have happened? Would, anyway, so there's been things, in, you know, time after time, they're sort of becoming this grubby team. The weekend, the, the game on Friday, that was, um, that was, you know, some of the stuff that was happening there. It was Nothing was too bad, but it was just constant, just that, just irritation. 
Stephen Crichton just pulling tough and he was waiting to go on the field and he pulled him in to their celebration, started a whatever you call it these days, it's not a fight but a cuddle. And um, <laughs> so, you know, there's a few yeah. things like that. Kick out, taking thing out. I, I think they're, for me, becoming that team where Manly now, I don't sort of like them, hate them, anything. It's just they are what they are. So, What I would say is I did not like what, um, what happened right at the end of the game. With the, um, the the Canberra player, I can't remember which one it was. He was he's basically standing there ready to come on as a replacement. Yeah, that's top and um, yeah. Tarpanet. And then the try was scored, and they started carrying on. They they basically bumped shoulders with him, their smirky little grins and stuff I'm like. Yeah, guys, you're winning. You're excited. I get it, but they they're not. Look, I don't hate them just because, and they're not my new manly because Melbourne have been my new manly for the last ten years. But yeah, you do make some good points. I mean. They're starting to do a few arrogant things. And look, let's face it, I mean, yeah, they had a very good season last year. They didn't walk away with the title, though. No. All right. Uh, and the final news topic I want to cover is uh, Sydney Morning Herald put up top 20 most wanted, the NRL's biggest off-contract stars. We're not going to go through all 20 of them because it's a 30-minute podcast. Uh, so my armchair experts have picked two each. I want to hear you pronounce them. Katoni Staggs? Yeah, good work. You got it right. Bang on. Um, yeah, Katoni Staggs was listed as, as number one on the 20 most wanted. He absolutely needs to be retained by the Broncos. We've let a couple of very, very key guys go in the last year or two. Uh, David Fafita being, I guess, the most high-profile one. Um, we've let a couple of our younger guys go as well. There's a fellow named Reese Walsh who has not played first grade yet, but he's going to the Warriors. They've signed massive deal for a guy who hasn't played first grade. Um, we have to retain Katoni Staggs. He is literally our biggest spark in attack. He has the most charisma. He will be absolutely be an Origin and Australian representative once he's back on the field from injury. Uh, and from the looks of it, they're going to move him into the um, probably move him into a five eighth position when he's back. And I think when he comes back from injury that this year, that's where they should put him. All right, uh, principal. I think you had this one. Yeah, Sean Johnson coming off contract. So you know, if, if some a team picked him up for a, for the right price, I think you know there's so many teams that need halves. You could go through them. I think he's a great buy, for, especially if you get him for six hundred k or something like that. I think he's. Great stays in if he stays injury free, he's going to be one of the the better halves. So I think he's a great buyer for a team. He'd be really good at the dogs, I reckon. A team who struggles for points. Yep. Like because he's a guy who can create points. He's not going to be the organizer, but damn, he can create points when he's in a mood. So uh, Anthony Milford, he is going to be on such a, a fraction of the price that he his current contract is. He's on they oh, yeah. are reported one million dollars, and I feel that'll get halved. I can say exactly exactly the same for Sean Johnson. I think Milford probably might come cheaper and, and probably offer more value. I, I think for the right team, if he didn't have to do any organising, he could just play like Milford. I mean, the, let's, not, let's face it, the Broncos actually broke Milford. The Raiders developed him into an awesome player. I was just about to say the same thing. The first few years he was at the Broncos, the first few years he was fantastic because the way we used him was the way he should be used. You be the attacking flair will leave the hooker and the halfback to organise the team. Since then, he has been asked to not just be the attacking flair, but organise the team. Y- you can't be both in that sense. Like, basically, they want him to run a brilliant, fantastic, attacking, sparking play on tackle four, but then do the fifth play kicking option. It's not yeah. realistic. Now, if you were to pick a team for him to go to, what team would you pick? Because I know exactly what team I think should go for him. Someone like Manly, I think, with DCE mm-hmm. running the show. If they could pick yeah, him up, get rid choice. of Foran, 
You've got someone there. The dogs, the dogs, he would have the same problem. It's too much yeah, pressure. I agree. Mean, he's agree. not, you know, someone like Cowboys, probably the same problem. I mean, they probably want him, but yeah, I just, I feel like. If I was Anthony Griffin, I'd be bringing him to the Dragons. Think of just already this year with the Dragons, their, their massive improvement. Anthony Milford played his best football when he had Ben Hunt at halfback and Andrew McCulloch at hooker. Now that Anthony Griffin has got those two playing the way that they should be, could you imagine just throwing Anthony Milford in there and say, just do what you want. Whenever you see an opportunity to run, just get the ball and do it. Leave Ben Hunt and Andrew McCulloch to run the rest of it. You just do what you want. He would f***ing kill it at the Dragons, I reckon. And I actually, for his sake, I mean, I've defended Anthony Milford so much over the years because I know what he can do. And you know it too as a, as a Raiders fan. I hope he goes to the Dragons. I really hope they get him because I think that would resurrect him. And I think that would push them into a top four team because I think he would suit what they're doing. When's Corey Norman off contract? Is it this year for him as well? I, or is it... I think it's the end of this year. Look, the thing is, the Dragons might not necessarily go for him because Norman is playing pretty good at the moment too. But Norman is a yeah. bit versatile in that they can shift him around a bit. Yeah, I guess so. Um, he, 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 can, he can cover at fullback. He can probably at a pinch cover in the centres. All right, and last player, Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. Oh, and I spoke a, bit, a little bit about this last week. Um, he's a premiership winner. He's played origin football. He has probably the best general, ki- uh, general play kicking game in the competition. Uh, he's got a goal-kicking percentage of 80% plus. And for some reason, even though he's the captain of his club, they only want to offer him a one-year deal. He is the absolute perfect for the Broncos number seven. That is exactly what they need. They need someone who can direct them. The Broncos are loaded with talent, but they have no leadership and they have no direction. This guy would go a long way to fixing that, and it would also help a guy like Tom Dearden learn those traits as well. So by the time Adam Reynolds retires in about three years' time... This guy would have learnt a lot from him. So I think I think him being number 17 on that list of 20 most wanted, I think that is way too low. He should be in the top five. That's crazy. Just give him Milford's yeah. money. Stuff it. Yeah. The Broncos oh. need to do something. Whatever Milford's getting paid, he deserves that plus more. It's just it's just crazy that, you know, the difference between the two and Well and, and, and you saw you saw it um in the game on, on Thursday night. Um Adam Reynolds had a five star performance. And he didn't it's not like he, he, you know, was making six line breaks and setting up seventeen tries and whatever. He was just played good structured football, good goal kicking. Smart, smart kicking game, um, the two-point field goal, so that's what he's capable of. That- uh, moving on to our rants. Uh, so, Smokes, you're going to blow up ah, that something? Blowing smoke. Okay, so, look, I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the, the huge amount of pressure that is heaped on um, different factions of, of footballers. Now, I'll start on, on the, the, the early end of the careers, so the, the, the debutants or the first-year players. You know, a young guy comes out, has a great game, and all of a sudden... All the stories come out about how, oh, he's the, the next Andrew Johns or he's the next um, Jonathan Thurston. And in this case, I'm referring to Sam, Sam Walker from the Roosters. He's had a great start in his two games. He's been brilliant. He's led them to victories. One of them was a fairly comfortable win. The other one was a come from behind and he, and he did some amazing things in that game. We were talking about the story before about how now the Roosters are going to offer him this multi-year deal um, worth X amount of dollars. You know, even if they are going to do that, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but... 
why do we need to publicise it? Because that just puts so much pressure on this guy now. And as I said, he's about to come up against the Melbourne Storm, the most methodical team at picking apart players' weaknesses. I can tell you now, this, this kid, he's been brilliant, but I saw things in his game in the first half against the Sharks defensively where they, they targeted him. Now, a team like Melbourne, who have these giants in their forward pack, are going to target him. Now, Trent Robinson's a great coach, and I'm sure he would have seen that. And he's going to prepare him as best as he can. But the pressure that the media and, and, and all these stories put on these guys is just intense. Now, think of it. I, I, I use an example of Brayton Astor. Very good footballer. But before, like, after he played his first game, like, oh, he's the next Brad Fittler. He's going to be brilliant. He never hit those heights. And that's not his fault. That is not his fault. But Jesus Christ, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy saying he's going to be the next this and the next that. Matt Moylan, they said he's going to be the next Darren Lockyer. Well, how's that worked out? He's had an injury-plagued career um, and he's been uh, switched to about four or five different positions throughout his career. That's a lot of pressure to put on these guys. You know, and you look at the other end of the spectrum. We spoke about it a bit just then with Anthony Milford. Now, this is a guy who's played over 150 first-grade games. All the pressure on him at the moment about, like, oh, he's not living up to his price tag. And, yes, that is true. You know, I, I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, a lot of that comes down to the way the Broncos have been using him. If he was in a system like the Storm, you know, used like Cameron Munster is for them, hey, Cameron, just go out and run the ball. Imagine if he was at the Storm during these years. He would have won two or three premierships and everyone would be saying what an absolute legendary player he is. So I just think sometimes people, like the, the media in particular, they just lay so much pressure on the young guys and also these, these, these older guys without considering some of the circumstances behind it and how detrimental it can be to these guys going forward. Now, hopefully this Sam Walker for, in particular, who has shown some great signs, I really, really hope that um, he's got a level head on his shoulders and he's got good people around him just to, to basically say to him, don't read anything in the papers. Just keep playing footy because that's what he needs to do. These guys are very well paid for all this stuff, right? Like, oh, absolutely, and 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 with that comes the pressure, absolutely. But yeah, as I, I just don't, you know, another good example, and 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 Prince, well, you can probably comment on this too. Is like with um that Joseph Suali, the the big tug of war between the Roosters and South Sydney and Australian rugby to sign this guy, and he was like what sixteen last year when they're having this, having all these discussions about who's going to sign him and. And the NRL basically broke it, like changed the rules. So like now that he's 17, they said, oh, because the rule with the NRL is you can't play first grade until you're 18. But they said, oh, no, we're going to allow it for him. And so, again, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who hasn't even played a game of first grade. And they're offering him hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a lot of money. For under 20, I could see that being a lot of pressure. And you're too young mm. to handle that much. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the letting Sawali play when he's under 18, I just think they had the rule in, the, in place for a reason. And I don't know why they... They did. They changed it. Now there's pressure. When when's he going to debut? Well, they they did it. They did it because they didn't want to lose him. They didn't want to lose him to a. You know what? Rugby. Who cares? That's We've got so did. many players. Sometimes I just I worry. It's like, you know, he goes to what rugby. You come back. Rugby's yeah terrible. Like well, no, well, look, you know, good on yeah. him if he goes there. But I just think yeah, the NRL could stand for something and say, well, no, we're looking after the younger players. Yeah. We've got a rule and we've got it for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't mind the media hyping up players and I think if they're they're gonna make it they make it if they don't you know I actually don't mind that and I think the game needs that hype getting the game spoken about more so I don't mind that part but it's the the Sawali thing I, I found the the most interesting and a bit annoying just getting him to you know oh you know we're gonna change the rule oh, stuff it we'll just change the rule 
for him. And I just think you got the rule, keep the rule, or just piss off the rule, and just you can play as young as you like. I don't care either way, but like. I do like what you say. Like, I, I do agree that, yeah, we do have to hype certain players up and, and, and build it up to create some excitement and atmosphere and all that sort of stuff. But I think within, within reason, I mean, like, um, what, I, what I cannot stand, and there's so many commentators who do this, whenever there's a young player who has a good game, they go, oh, they're the next superstar. It's like, well, do we have to call everyone a superstar? Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's see them there's do, so let's many see these days. Oh, I know. Like, let's see them do it for a consistent period of time. And then we can refer to them as superstars. I want to quickly uh, summarise the beer bets uh, because it looks like everyone lost because mm. we have some outlandish <laughs> bets. Uh, so Phantom, uh, who's not here, he's somehow got 26 beers out of growing by mm. two. Principal, you lost three. Smokes, you gained one. So that's our new scores. Nice. Uh, does anyone want to put a bet on for this week? So we've gone Ooh. double or nothing. Uh, Storm... Storm to beat uh, Roosters 13+. Plus, and he actually agreed. I don't know why he did it. Well, that was actually going to be my bet. I, because I figured Atley will take a crazy bet. Melbourne are, like, favourites to win. Yeah. I've tipped him. Uh, and Roosters are his team. So I figured he might take it and I'll win a beer or two. But if he's doing eight... Roosters have, <laughs> and haven't plus, been tested yet with all their injuries. So I, I think they're going to get pumped. So... I'm happy with that. Can I can I get in on that action? Yeah. Can I get in on uh, Storm 13 Plus? Jump on board. Everyone just jump on it. Okay, we'll work out the finer details later, but I'm going to get in on that. I'm going to say Storm 13 Plus. I'm, I'm in as on long that. as Atlee's losing beers, I'll be happy. I am going to say, even though I don't necessarily know or think this will happen, I'm going to say the Dogs will get their first win of the season against the Cowboys. Any takers. I'll, I'll offer two beers for that. Oh, I'll grab it. I was actually tempted to tip the dogs this week. I reckon dogs got a great chance, but I'll still take mm. you take your bet. Yeah. Yep. All right. Done. All right. I think that's going to wrap us up for the beer yep. bets. Uh, we'll find out what happens next week. Uh, moving on to the Dugan report. Oh, Dugan report. This is, my, this is my favorite part of the podcast every week. Well, he didn't get injured again, but he got concussed <laughs> again. So he's he struggles to, to play a game. Yeah. It's you know <laughs> I'd love. I just want someone anyone to give me a stat of how many minutes per game he plays of the games he starts because it's got to be low so but yes he lasted 40 minutes he came off at half time you know what this he did well 40 minutes good on him it's a surprise Look, that's, that's about that's about 37 minutes longer than he often plays so good on yeah. him. good on you dukes keep going mate this is going to be one of our longest podcasts and we're a man short so let's uh <laughs> rip into round six tips all right smokes broncos versus panthers panthers no comment oh going against mm-hmm. your team okay love it principal Panthers. Uh, looks like it's going to be a whitewash for Panthers, although who knows who's smoking. No, no, he'll tip Panthers. All right. Knights versus Sharks. This, oh, this is a bit tough than I thought. Um, I'm actually going to go the Sharks here. They're a tough football team and the Knights have got injuries, so Sharks. Uh, principal? I'm, I'm going to go Knights because they've sacked Morris. Sharks players have just be It's going to be all over the place this week, so we'll run with Knights. In- interesting theory, yeah. All right. I'm also going Sharks because that's what the bookies have tipped. Uh, Storm versus Roosters, Smoke. The Storm, because I'm going the beer bed, mm. so the Storm. Oh, that's right, of course. And Principal? Storm. Storm by a thousand, yeah. according uh, to the Principal. All right, Sea Eagles versus Titans. Uh, uh, I go the Gold Coast. Look, Manly got to win, but um, Gold Coast, they're, they're playing pretty good footy, Gold Coast. And Principal? Uh, go Titans, yep. Okay. 
Uh, Rabbitohs versus West Tigers. Rabbitohs, because they are the team to beat this year. Premiership favourites. And principal? Yeah, double up on that as well. Rabbitohs. Okay. Uh, Raiders versus Eels. Ooh, good game. Um, I'll go the Raiders. They're at home. And they'll want to bounce back um, after a tough loss. And principal, I'm guessing Raiders. <laughs> no, Raiders. I think it'll be a close game, though. Okay. Uh, Dragons versus Warriors. Yeah, Smokes. the Dragons. They're my favourite team to watch at the moment. They're at home. Um, absolutely. St. George Illawarra. All right. And principal? Yeah, Dragons. Yep. Yep. Easy. I'm also picking the Dragons. Okay. Uh, Cowboys versus Bulldogs. I know I picked the, Bulldog, the Bulldogs for my beer bet, but no, I better go with them. Bulldogs with no confidence. All right. And principal? Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys. Just flew to the coin. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've also picked Cowboys, but again, I just... Whatever the bookie yep. said. Uh, all right, so I'll get phantoms, and then we'll uh, we'll be able to keep track of all that. So that brings us to the end of uh, well, episode five of uh, the podcast. I'm going to bid everyone farewell. Uh, thank you for listening. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you want to get podcasts from. Do, you know, like, subscribe, give your feedback if you want to hear anything else from us, do it. See you later. Go the Raiders. All right, see you guys. Bye. Yeah.